I was drifting away on life's pitiless sea when the angry waves threatened my ruin to be. When away at my side there I dimly described a stately old vessel and loudly I cried, Ship a And once again, we say welcome aboard. It's good to be with you at this time. Brother Mon speaking. Our program here called The Mariner's Call. God bless you for just being a part of our listening audience at this time. Also, special thanks to the station that air our program and allow us to be part of those who broadcast uh, from these uh, from these stations. In the book of Revelation, Revelation chapter 16, our thought at this particular time, you may be listening in morning, noon, night, whenever. I find something unusual here in Revelation chapter 16. A lot of people usually, if I say I have some thoughts for a message, because I spent the better part of all my life in the Gulf of Mexico as an old commercial fisherman, usually we're making reference to the fishing industry. You know, I found the Savior relates to such. There was a time our Savior, as he began his earthly ministry, why he was not walking the streets of Jerusalem, but he was up the Sea of Galilee, walking up and down the beach. He was looking for workers, and sure enough, he found a pair of brothers, Andrew, Peter, James, and John, some old commercial fishermen. But yeah, hardworking men. And the Bible said he called him. So I enjoy me. I enjoy all the references in the Bible from Genesis all there, chapter 1 to Revelation chapter 22. There's something about water and everything in between there. And uh, people say, Brother Mon, you have water on the brain. No, no, no. I just think about that a lot. I just think about it. And I find some water here in Revelation chapter 16. Once again, thank you for being there. If we ever can help you, please feel free to correspond with us. You can do so. Our website's easy to go to. If you have access to a keyboard, it's just F-O-M-M. That's Fishers of Men Ministries. F-O-M-M dot O-R-G. That will bring you to us here, Fishers of Men Ministries International. You can look at some things. Uh, it's constantly being worked on, but uh, everything works. Uh, give, us a, give us a peek. Stay away from the pictures. And if we can help you, please leave us a note. Revelation chapter 16, verse 5. And I heard the angel of the waters say, Thou art righteous, O Lord, thou art, and wast, and shall be, because thou hast thus judged, or judged thus. The angel of the waters. Now, how about that? I found some angels in control of the water. You know, wouldn't it be something if uh, an angel, or angels plural, were actually controlled, or in control of all the water on the face of this earth? Or in control of 
maybe the currents, maybe the temperature of the waters. Maybe that would uh, help us to understand some things about the storms. Wouldn't it, something, wouldn't it be something if angels were in control of all the storms at sea and things that took place there? The angel of the waters, I wish I had time to get into what I'd like to get into as far as making some references to the angel of the waters. What is the context here? We're in the second half of a period of time in the Bible called tribulation. In fact, the second half is called great tribulation. The tribulation is divided into uh, uh, two, three and a half year periods, which would equal seven years. And as far as this last period of time, well, let me read you verse three. And the second angel poured out his vial upon the sea. It became as the blood of a dead man. And the third angel poured out his vial upon the rivers and fountains of water, and they became blood. Can you imagine? I've been in some of the seas and oceans around this world. Now, I haven't crossed them all. I haven't sailed the seven seas. I have not done that. But I'm in some of these areas, and I cannot imagine what it would be like for the sea to be as the blood of a dead man. For me, the sea would be the Gulf of Mexico right in front of me here. No more than about five miles, I could just jump in the Gulf of Mexico. To come into the harbor of Bon Secours, I would have to come in what's called Mobile Bar Pass. I would come into Mobile Bay and then into the Bon Secours River and then to the dock that's almost right here in front of our church that's here. And to think about all that being turned to blood, the angel of the waters... I cannot imagine the future of this earth. I'm glad I'll not be here. Uh, I believe with all my heart, the Bible, I'm not only what you would call a premillennialist, but also a pre-tribulationist. You said, what does that mean? That we leave before this period of time, you know. I'm not going to sit here and argue about these, these beliefs. I clearly see that here in the Bible. But I'm glad I'll never see the Bon Secours River turn to blood, but it'll happen. It'll happen. The angel of the waters, you know, sort of provoked me to maybe think about this subject. We think about angels, angels. You know, a lot of confusion about this subject. You know, many people, even of most religions, do not even believe in such a thing. I find, I find angels throughout the Bible. I find angels in the Old Testament. They appeared to Abraham, to Lot, to Jacob, to Moses, Balaam, Joshua, Gideon, Manoah, David, Elijah, to Daniel, to Zechariah. Is that enough? They appeared in the New Testament too, uh, to Zechariah, to Mary, to Joseph, to the shepherds, to the apostles, to Simon Peter. Yes, even to the old fishermen. In Acts chapter 5, you know, Simon Peter's got himself in jail. Ah, uh, he's preaching the gospel. Got himself in jail for talking about Jesus laying between two soldiers. And an angel comes in and kicks him into the side. Say, hey, Peter, get up. Peter don't even know who it is. An angel appeared to Simon Peter, appeared to Philip in Acts 8, Cornelius in Acts chapter 10, Paul in Acts chapter 27, John throughout the book of Revelation. Angels, they must be important, my friend, to have them coming so many times to this earth. Would you know one? If you saw one, and for most people, I doubt very seriously. You would even know. You said, I, I, I know, I, I've seen them in, in pictures. All the pictures of what you see, my friend, uh, something, it's quite the opposite. 
Looks like the picture of that that you see in Zechariah. Let me give you a little hint. Zechariah chapter 5, and it has to do with something evil. Wouldn't it be something if what people saw that they thought was an angel was actually a demonic creature? Wouldn't it be something if the devil, when he comes to take over this earth, he comes with creatures and people think that these creatures, these demonic creatures, are God's angels? What about angels? What about them? I'm glad there's an angel of the waters. You know, I certainly can, uh, I can associate with that. Once again, people make fun of such a thought. They make jokes about, we think about there's what we call counterfeit angels. What about angels? My friend, I really believe they exist because I see such reference in the Bible. They're not just in our minds as myths and symbols and has to do with culture, you know. They're not cute and cuddly and comfortable and chummy and cool. They're fearsome and formidable, you know. And they're warriors. Angels are sentinels. It stands at the crossroads where life meets death, you know. Angels, the angelic host, they're the real extraterrestrials, ah, the real supermen, the ultimate alien. Their powers are far beyond any of that of fictional characters that you'll see on the old television, you know. Angels, the angelic host, they are created by God. Now, of course, part of the heavenly creatures, not just angels, there are cherubim and there are seraphim. I'm not talking about those. We're talking about the angelic host created by God in opposition to man, man being born of woman, you know. This angelic host is part of God's blessed creation. These are spiritual beings in opposition to physical beings. This does not mean that they cannot have a physical look. They would appear to look as the Savior. Remember when he came out of the tomb? My friend, they looked at him for a moment or two. They did not understand who this was, but they saw him, and our Savior presented himself as the man that he was before the resurrection, but now, my friend, someone that could appear in the very presence of a room without walking through the door. You know what I'm talking about. Angels in the Bible are immortal. They do not die. Angels are holy. Was it Matthew 25? It talks about the Son of Man come. He's going to come in his glory with the holy angels. You said, I would sure like to be in the presence of an angel. I don't think so. If an angel is holy, the Bible describes him as such, pure, spotless. If I stood in the very presence of an angel, I'm sure I'd hang my head and hold my, you know, close my eyes and fall to the ground because of knowing who I am. A very wretched sinner saved by the grace of God, knowing I possess this old flesh given to me. We think about the old Adamic nature, the Adamic race. Holy, they're unnumbered. As far as angels are concerned, we'll see next week that there are times where they can be seen. And my friend, there are hundreds and thousands and millions of these supernatural beings that belong to God. And we'll see also next week how that these are described as being ministering spirits. Many times, I'll be honest with you, I don't know how I got out of a situation maybe from having a wreck or maybe from slipping off a vessel 
and going overboard and never to be seen since. And some things that's happened to me as far as we think about sickness. And, you know, I'm glad that, well, I'll just put it this way. I'm glad that, yeah, well, I, it, it is just such a blessing to know that there's somebody that's taking care of me beside myself. If you are a believer, the angelic host we see that they can be invisible at times. Remember the story of Balaam there in Numbers chapter 22? The story of Balaam, you know, the donkey. And the donkey, oh, God opens his eyes. And my friend, he actually sees. Uh, uh, we're thinking about this angel of the Lord that's there. And we think about Balaam cannot. They possess emotions. You think about angels are emotional, yeah. What is it? I think it's Luke chapter 15. There's, there's something like joy in the presence of God among the angels in the presence of the angels. My friend, joy. They're able to shout for joy over the fact that some sinner has made things right with the Lord here upon the face of the earth. The angelic host. What are they for? In every age, they were there to guide. In every age, they were there to provide, to protect to deliver the angelic host. I'm glad once again that I know that there's somebody taking care of me more than just myself. Many a story has been told of people that said that somehow they got through a situation in a miraculous way. What is that? God inserting his hand of protection our way through the ministering of the angelic host. We'll see that they have power to destroy, to curse, to send pestilence. My friend, it calls persecution. As far as power is concerned, angels are so powerful that there's one in Revelation chapter 20. My friend that leaves heaven, comes to this earth. My friend, he has the key to the bottom of the spit and a great chain in his hand. And the Bible says he grabs Satan. And I'm sure that's a struggle there. Satan is bound by an angel and put in the bottomless pit for a thousand years. I'm glad I have this host of God's spiritual beings interested in my life and ministering to me. God's angelic host. Until next week, the same time, Fisher Mund saying goodbye.